0: You're listening to an Anna Zao Ministries podcast.
1: Have you ever spooned with a rancor? If you haven't, do you want to? Well, if that's the case, then you have found the right place and the right podcast. Welcome to Systematic Geekology. This is an extra bonus episode where we're going to talk about the whole book of Boba Fett, not just a chapter or two, not just about the character, but we're going to go and look deep into the whole book of the book of Boba Fett. And uh, yeah, uh, TJ and I did uh, a character deep dive of Boba Fett, talked about him and his history and his place in the Star Wars universe. We did uh, a review of the first few episodes or first few chapters in the book of Boba Fett, and we made some predictions and shared our hopes and what we wanted to see come out of this uh, Star Wars series. And uh, now the series is over, so uh, we're going to follow up and share our loves and uh, perhaps some disappointments, and and then what's happening next in the Star Wars universe. I am. Will Rose, a Lutheran pastor in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. I'm a pretty big Star Wars fan. And uh, over the course of the book of Boba Fett, I probably um, embodied. Every single fan reaction that you can find out there, the highs, the lows, the disappointed. I don't think I was toxic, uh, but but everything you could feel of as a fan with this show, um, I felt all of it. So we can get into that uh, just a little bit. And um, all in all, TJ, it's just a good time to be a geek. We were recording this after. The Super Bowl and all those commercials and all those trailers that came out, whether it's TV shows or movies, and you have Doctor Strange, you have a new Lord of the Rings TV show coming to Amazon. I've already bought my tickets for the new Batman movie that's coming out in not that long from now, in a few weeks. There was a trailer for Jordan Peele's new movie Nope coming out this summer that looks pretty awesome that I can't wait. So, so there's no short of geeky content, and that's why we're here to be with you guys to to geek out with you all and to process all of this and, and to be a community with each other. So. Glad we can do this. TJ, who are you? Mm -hmm. What are you up to?
0: Well, uh, I am TJ Blackwell. I I like to do pretty much anything, honestly. Uh, Big competitive guy. So if we get to competing, it's on. But a huge nerd, always have been. Uh, I loved the Star Wars Extended Universe books as a kid. And, you know, of course, the movies and the shows. And I grew up at the perfect time to watch The Clone Wars. So... Mm -hmm. You no, know, Star Wars has always been there. You know, for me, I probably watched Attack of the Clones. I know, uh, like thirty or forty times, just because <laughs> it's the DVD that was in the DVD player. So
1: nice. Yeah, yeah, and that and that has Boba in it and his family tree and and all those things. So. Pretty important figure, and here we are, years down the road, where he has his own TV show on a streaming service uh, with Disney, expanding his storyline and character development. So, regardless of how you feel about this series as a Star Wars fan, sure there are going to be times when we're like, love what we see. There can be times when we have a gripe or or thought they should have moved in a different direction. But hey, we get this on uh, TV, we get to talk about it, and what a good time to be a Star Wars fan and a geek in, in the world that we live in, for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, so so as we shared like um we we did the the character deep dive and you can li- listen to past episodes where we talked about Boba Fett the first couple episodes in our reactions but uh there's there's five more chapters that that were uh dropped on Disney Plus and we're going to kind of not go in to every single detail of every single episode, but just kind of share some of the things we really liked and some things that had us scratching our heads a little bit. Um, so so TJ, uh, when we left off, there was chapter three, The Streets of Moss Espa. And this kind of goes into, you know, more life on Tatooine. I I kind of say that Tatooine, um, yeah it seems a lot revolves around Tatooine. And I will say when we were started getting into the book of Boba Fett, I was like, man, I don't, I'm kind of feeling like Anakin. There's sand everywhere. I don't know if I like it. And maybe I'm just tired of Tatooine, but I'm starting to understand and settle into perhaps Tatooine is, is definitely the Bethlehem and the Nazareth of the star Wars universe. You have, it is, it is there. It has this spiritual significance um, within the star Wars universe. And, and so why not, why not have a lot of stories and lore and going deeper into these, these characters. So streets of Moss Espa, what did you think about that episode? Um, we got some pretty, pretty big things happening there. What'd you think? Right. So I thought it was good. I thought it was cool. It's nice
0: to see Moss Espa because, you know, we all, the city we know is Moss Eisley. So it's cool to see the actual yeah. world they're living in and how, like, this area has fully adjusted to being under a crime lord. And that's just what they expect. Like, they expect to be treated like that. And Boa, yeah. you know, doesn't want to do that. And it shows. And it's really, it's a complex issue that he has to deal with. But...
1: Yeah, and we kind of see in his character, you know, this transformation that he's doing. He, Bob is getting his own hero's journey uh, and transformation of, of becoming this kind of cold, um, cold-hearted uh, bounty hunter, uh, just in it for the money and and doing what he needs to be done in a cold, hard, cruel universe. Uh, but but we see as his emergence out of the rancor, uh, out of the Sarlacc pit, that he's like, um, you know, he's taking a turn. He's He's becoming close with the Tuscans and the Sandra, these flashbacks of him wanting to do things differently, differently than what Boba Fett or differently than what Jabba did and uh, and, and wants to do some So I, and some of the storyline I'm sold on, some of it has me scratch my head like I don't know what where he's coming from or what's the inspiration other than his kind of time with the Tuscan Raiders and the and the Sam people. Having a new family, a new tribe, and and starting to see that he's he's being steered in a new direction, um, right. The near death experience couldn't have helped. Right, right, right. Is it, that that near? Yeah, exactly. That near death experience, a wake up call, uh, to perhaps do life a little differently. You get a you get a second chapter. You get another chance on life. Uh, what are you going to do with it? Yeah, it's a great point. Great point. Right. Uh, in this episode, we we uh, we get more um, Chrysanthemum, you know, the 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 bounty hunter Wookie who kind of drags him out of the bacta tank, and they have this battle. So you're like, yeah, he's back. Uh, you get the mods and these kind of colorful scooters that I'm yeah. not quite sure I'm sold on. That seemed a little weird to me, a little out yeah. of place. The, the chase through the streets was a little slow, a little low budget at times. I felt like I was watching an 80s Buck Rogers TV show, and I'm going, what what are we watching here? What's going on? So, but, but there are definitely moments that were like super cool Star Wars stuff and others that had me kind of scratching my head. Um, But then I I will say that it was about this time in the series, in episode three, when I was going, man, if this is what it's going to be, I can't, I feel myself being lured to the dark side of being really disappointed with, with this show. I had some good moments, but I was like, is this what we're doing? Is this what's happening? Um, But then at the end, at the end of this episode, the two twin huts show up and they give Boba a gift, the gift of a rancor. Wow.
0: Which is okay. awesome.
1: That got me. yeah, it was like when I start feeling myself going, I don't know if I like this. I don't know if I'm sold on this. Then Star Wars always does it. When I'm starting to feel those, when I'm starting to feel those feelings, they do something to, to totally uh, surprise me and pull me back into the story and the rancor have me going, okay. And that whole thing of like, yeah, I've ridden beasts uh, larger than this before, Alluding to the holiday special, he'll ride that dinosaur. I was like, okay, if he doesn't ride this rancor by the end of this series, then, then that's gonna be a problem. Um, but super yeah. cool. Super I th- cool.
0: I thought it was also cool because uh it textualizes, contextualizes why Jabba had a rancor in the middle of the desert. It's like, right. yeah, they just the huts just give them out This presents. Probably got it from a cousin. <laughs>
1: They're 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 like a puppy mill except with rancors. <laughs> yeah, and you know rancors are a lot more like dogs than we previously thought. It turns out. Yeah, and as or a dog owner dogs. who loves my dog more than anything, they are like, man, I can connect with this. That was that was pretty cool. Yeah,
0: he did. He did feed it. Uh, disturbingly, few people, unfortunately, but right. you know, it, it
1: got its time to shine. It did. And we'll get to that a little bit later. So the episode ended pretty well. And then we go into episode four. And this is when it really started going, okay, um, uh, he got, yeah, episode four is, I was like, okay, now we're getting into an episode where I'm really starting to get into this series and get into this show. And I'm I'm loving what's happening here, whether it's, um, you know, we get the story of him getting his shit back the fire spray or slave one, whatever you want to call it, hit Boba's ship. He gets back. And, um, again, another thing of like figuring out the lore of how he got his ship back and why, and how he's using it. And I think way back when TJ, when we were talking about the series and kind of our hopes, we wanted to see a seismic charge and, uh, we got it.
0: Mm -hmm. We got it in this episode. Mm -hmm. I think that's like the one thing I said was like, man, (laughs) I hope they use a seismic charge. But yeah. uh, we also got to see, you know, him taking Finnick Shand and making her, you know, a cyborg, which I loved yeah. uh, because the Doctor was Thundercat, and I love Thundercat, right?
1: Yeah. So that was yeah. super
0: sick. But you know, you saw. Tell, in, tell it people the, who
1: th- for people who don't know at home who is who is Thundercat? What well, is his connection so, to? So uh, Thundercat, the world, is, the music world.
0: So Thundercat is probably in this day and age, the most recorded bass player in studio. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, there are a couple other dudes who are up there who are just on everything. If you've listened to modern hip-hop R&B, you've almost definitely heard Thundercat play the bass before, and he makes his own music as well. And I love Thundercat's music uh, because I love playing the bass, and Thundercat is visionary and extremely distinctive uh he didn't change anything about his appearance really to be in star wars <laughs> He just looks like that and uh, i just thought it was awesome to see because i was uh, watching you know well episode three and i was like is that thundercat then it was it was <laughs> thundercat and it comes back and it was awesome that he's just a part of the story and he loves star wars naturally so it was just awesome to see
1: yeah. And some of the fan reaction was like, felt like, um, you know, just kind of reading post post episode uh, message boards and hearing people talk about it. It felt like that maybe it was a little off brand of, of Star Wars. But if you think about mods and the emergence of technology and computer and robotics with the human body has is, is been a part of Star Wars forever, whether it's Lobot or whether it's Luke's hand or Darth Vader himself or, you know, all through the the prequels and and all that is it's a part of the Star Wars universe, this emergence of technology technology with the human body and, and modifying your body. And, and we have that too. There's a little debate of what transhumanism, uh, the ethics behind that. We'll talk about more about that and some other episodes, hopefully on systematic ecology, but, but in terms of like, we modify our body as well. If you, if your eyes have trouble seeing, we, we get glasses. If your heart's not doing well, we, we give you a pacemaker. Um, I'm diabetic. And so I'm I'm hoping that one day there'll be kind of a modified pancreas that can, that can help produce insulin from my body. So I don't take shots all the time, that kind of thing. So, so here we have this uh, literally saving her life by, by modifying her body. And, and yeah, it was, that's, that was a full Star Wars moment, which was, which was pretty fun uh, to see. Yeah. Uh, in the and- episode, the, the gathering storm of, of, and we get to see him use this ship, you know, the slave one, he takes down these, who, those who he thinks destroyed the Tuscan tribe that that brought him in, that taught him a new way of living and seeing the world. Um, he got to take out, uh, we get to see that ship <laughs> in full gear, just unload on who we think um, destroyed the tribe that that brought him in. Right. Which is, you know, and we get to see him blow up the Sarlacc.
0: With a sizeable yeah. charge, which is awesome.
1: Now, and I and I will say that one of my one of my criticisms of the show is that the the show did seem kind of disjointed along the way. Whether it's the storytelling or the flashbacks, flash forwards, or here we are, who's coming, when, and we'll talk about in the next episode and in, in episode five or chapter five. But but yeah, him going back to the Sarlacc pit, I was like, he doesn't remember getting out of there and where it happened to his armor. I kept wondering like, why is he going back? And I know it was a good excuse to use the ship and use the segment charge on the starlight pit, but, but he, him going in there felt like, you know, you just got back from, um, you know, the store and you're like, Oh wait, I need to go back because I've, I forgot my receipt or whatever. I don't know. Um, so, so that seemed a little weird to me, but, but if it gave an excuse to use that ship and go deeper into his psyche of what's going on within him, I, I thought I thought that was fine.
0: Right. It it felt a little out of character. Uh yeah. for the new Boa. You no, know, because it just it didn't seem like revenge would be on his docket, especially against like a, a barely sentient plant creature.
1: Right. Yeah, but and I think there are times throughout the series where it felt like seemed like a little Eric uh, out of character, and I and if you're gonna you know move him to a new place or have his own hero's journey, there are times when he took a couple steps forward, a couple steps back. It, it just seemed, and maybe that was just the I think I had one writer throughout the whole thing. I think it was um, Favaro and Filoni were a part of it, but maybe it was the directors, different directors, who were, who were different. Um, Different chapters, maybe maybe they just had their own styles and and that kind of thing. But um, but yeah, there are times when it just kind of felt disjointed for me. Um, at the end of, of that chapter, the Gathering Storm, they allude to the fact of they need more they need they need more help. Uh, they need more bodies. They need some foot soldiers to come do whatever they're going to do this grand taking over and getting rid of the crime crime bosses and, uh, the Pike syndicate and spice that they can't do it on their own. And so Finnick Chan lose that. She knows somebody, or, or perhaps she knows somebody who can help. And you hear literally hear the Mandalorian music at the end of the episode. And you're left wonder, wow, are they really going to go get Mando? Uh, is that going to happen? Um, well, you don't have to think long the next week. Uh, the literally the name of that, next chapter, chapter five is Return of the Mandalorian and they miss no beats. They don't waste any time. Boom, he shows up and it's pretty much his entire episode about what's been happening with the Mandalorian with Din Djarin and, and he um, is his episode and it's almost like Mandalorian series 2.5. We're not quite at series the third season yet, but they're going to, they're going to bring him in. They know where their money is made and and who's popular. And so they bring him in and he has an entire episode. And, and I will say that a little, I didn't know how to feel when I was like my favorite episode so far in the book of Boba Fett didn't even have Boba Fett in it. Uh, that I was like, wow, now this is how you do it. It was Bryce Dallas Howard was brought, was brought back to direct this episode. It had all the feel and the tone and the beats of Mandalorian. And I was like, ah, this is what I've been missing. And And so I was a little conflicted about my Star Wars feelings because I was like, ah, I wish Book of Boba Fett would be like this the whole time, but but no, I'll be happy. I'm happy with what we're doing with Mandalorian, um, but but where is this with, with Boba Fett? But but yeah, we get Mando and what an episode that was.
0: Man, it is, I don't know, we both agreed after I watched it, I was like, man, this that's probably like the best contiguous 50 minutes of Star Wars that exists, <laughs> like. It's because it's just constantly good, either, yep. you know, funny or tense or dramatic or actionable. It's all good. And it is pretty funny that he has to take the bus, the space bus, <laughs> and check his luggage. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah that was that was pretty good and after he had kind of won again the dark saber he put it in that little container i was like oh is this how he's gonna lose it or is he really good someone gonna steal this thing and all of season three is gonna be him trying to hunt down the dark saber um I thought that whole lore about the dark saber and getting a flashback to what happened on Mandalore, uh, with his kind of allusions to the Terminator and the Armorer sharing more about Jedi and, and force sensitive and what happened with their people and questioning his faith to their religion about removing his helmet or not, man, it was just, you know, I had to watch it again right after, just to kind of soak up all that was said. There was so much that was said. And, um, and, and done that, that had all this beast. And right when you thought it couldn't get more tense, they would add some of that that Star Wars humor that helps you uh, disarm you a little bit and let you catch your breath and, and relax a little bit in the show.
0: Right. And I, I thought it was really awesome how they showed like the darksaber has weight, and all lightsabers do. They're all like that. If you aren't, yeah. if you're trying to control the weapon like it's a weapon, it's not going to work that well unless you're in tune with it. Right. But the dark saber is special and much cooler than most lightsabers.
1: Yeah, I agree. And the fact that he, he got, that's how he got hurt and they had to go heal him up and figure out their challenge. Ah, it, it was, it was so good. Uh, so yeah, he takes his bus, this, this airplane um, where he, he's sitting in coach and he goes back to uh, um he goes back to Tatooine and here we are. I was like, okay, he's going to, he's going to figure out what's going and where he, he needs a new ship. And here we have, um, him quite the ship. It's not a bounty hunter kind of ship where he's going to store lots of people and weapons and food and can live out of that thing. Like a, like an RV, but, but he literally gets a Naboo starfighter from episode one. And they uh-huh. play a little bit of like, uh, pimp my starship and they, they rebuild it and, uh, and build it in it's this montage of, of garage, garage, <laughs> garage story where they're, they're building the ship. And and I loved every minute of that too. I, I had it spoiled for me just a little bit. I saw somebody post somewhere on social media, uh, a picture of the Naboo starfighter in all its yellow glory and said, Hey, I heard that, that this might be, um, mando's new starship and i was like what but then when they when when they brought when she brought him to the garage like oh here they're gonna do it that person was right and and they reveal and it was it was thought it was really well done super fun yeah. Paley, um how do what's her name Paley? Paley? the, the mechanic amy sedaris a- amy sedaris's character she's a little hit or miss for me when she's a little bit of dose of her I, I like and don't mind because she's just kind of weird enough and funny enough. But, but there are parts of this that felt like I was in like a um, some kind of like 30 minute sitcom waiting for a laugh track for some of her for some of her jokes. So they didn't always land for me. I was like, what are we doing here? Um, but having her with him doing this together and talking them through what this ship can do and can't do was pretty was pretty fun.
0: And it was gorgeous the chromed out Naboo starfighter. Yeah. Which is like Mm -hmm. probably for me, like top five mass produced star Wars ships. In my opinion. Mm -hmm. I just love
1: it. Man, it looks so good. Yeah. Yeah. It does. And it made me immediately go to episode one and pull up the end of that movie when Anakin hops in one and, and see what they're doing with those ships. So if they want to get more traffic on, Disney plus with episode one, the fan menace. I immediately went there right after that to see, see what they look like. So it was kind of cool to, to bring that in. And, and I think I'd been longing for them to get off planet. They'd been on Tatooine the whole time. And so finally he was able to take that starship and go out into space. And uh, you know, he buzzed, he buzzed the tower. He buzzed a, a plane and uh, he got pulled over by some cops space cops on the X wing <laughs> fighters. And uh, again, we see a familiar face, but I don't, DJ, don't know if you knew this, but, but the other, um, the younger X wing fighter is actually Luke Skywalker's um, CGI stunt double in, and body double for mm-hmm. um, the Mandalorian. So somebody cool. said, Oh, that guy, he was the actual physical body of, of luke skywalker in mandalorian season two the final final chapter there so it had a lot of people speculating well maybe luke's gonna if he's already on set doing this kind of thing maybe they're using him for luke skywalker as well maybe he's going to show back up so some of that was kind of teased out there for me as well as people were saying oh this is the guy who played his body double in, in that um and it just gave another excuse to to use that ship in a way that would um, show what it can really do. And that little, where the R2 unit or the mech droid would be behind him, they made a little capsule and you're like, man, if, if Grogu, baby Yoda doesn't end up in that thing flying around at some point, whether it's Mandalorian season four, I don't care when, but they need to put that uh, baby Yoda in in the back of that starship so they can fly together. And, And again, we'll see a bit later those expectations
0: yeah as soon as i saw that i was like okay so he's gonna get grogu back <laughs>
1: cool now did you think that that would happen this season in the book of boba fett or thought it would be later on no i, I thought it would be in like mandalorian season three Hmm. yep yep well you did not have to wait long because the next episode from the desert comes a stranger episode six we again. We he needs to go find his check on his buddy, and we're literally brought to the planet where Luke and Grogu are hanging out, and and then here comes Ahsoka, uh, and and you just get all the feels. If I couldn't, if they couldn't up their game with five, again we're in six. Going man, they're just pulling all this out, and I love it. But again, I was a little confused because here is the book of Boba Fett, and he barely he only shows up at the end uh, of this episode. Most of it's about mandalorian and grogu and luke and what's been happening with ahsoka and again they're teasing other shows uh and it was here at this point i was like all right again coming to grips with tatooine it being kind of the center of the star wars universe and we'll stick there for a while i it was at this episode that i started going all right this is connected to a larger story it's not just about book of boba fett they're tying a lot of things in, things in in here, and and so all these other shows, whether it's going to be the Soka series or the Rangers of the Republic or Mandalorian, um, there's gonna they're they're all tied together. So you're gonna have cameos, you're gonna have these intertwined stories, um, building off of each other. And so then I was able to kind of again catch my breath and and relax and just go along for the ride. Yeah. It feels like a. It's starting
0: to feel like a real expanded universe.
1: Yep, yep. Not just
0: and, direct and, sequels.
1: And it took me a while to kind of feel into that. I was like, all oh, right, it's not just direct sequel, not their own thing, but it's an expanded universe, which I'll, I'm all for. Um, as long as you tell a good story, um, I'm there for the expanded universe and tying all that all that in. Right. Um, which
0: you know, I don't. I don't think every series has to be some huge expanded, you know, cinematic universe, but Star Wars. Kind of deserves to be.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, so again, like this, uh, the, the Jedi training and the, and the, the callbacks to Empire Strikes Back and Luke training with Yoda and all those things uh, had all the feels uh, for me, even if I was going I thought this was about Boba Fett. Um, it was almost like they were like, "What well, you know?" And I don't think it was a course correction because, you know, people they they had written this out and um, and directed this and put it out there way before the fans were like, you know, lukewarm on on the series. Uh, but it seems like episode or chapter five and six mainly got the most attention and people were just freaking out. Star Wars fans were, were really freaking out. So they were smart and kind of bringing that in and locking us back in and remind us this is part of one big, big expanded, expanded universe. Right. Um, and then there's another, you, you grew up on, on uh, clone wars, the animated series. And at the end of this episode, Man. you have, Cad Cad Bane, Bane. did you see that coming? And how would you feel when that happened? So uh, Cad Bane used to be,
0: you know, for a brief time, he was my favorite Star Wars character. Uh, (laughs) Just because he was awesome. And he had a really cool hat. That's all it really took. uh, Because, you know, I was like nine. But it was so cool. Uh, Actually, when I started playing the Star Wars The Old Republic, which is the massively multiplayer online Star Wars game. Uh, my player username was Bane. And no one had mm. taken it yet, but someone had taken Cad Bane. So, <laughs> you know, I wanted to be Cad Bane. And then I was kind of, you know, it worked for me either way because I could be Darth Bane or Cad Bane, which are both really far up there for me. But man, I love Cad Bane. I love the way he looked live action. I know a lot of people hated it. Because, you know, oh, his face isn't as long as it's supposed to be. Right. I don't care. You know, it's Cad Bane. He looks fine.
1: Man, yeah. And awesome. I, I, yeah he, he's definitely a great pull. I mean, I think people in the Book of Boba Fett were wanting to see other bounty hunters brought in, whether it was Bosk or others, you know, and Cad Bane. There was some speculation out there bringing him at some point to live action. And so when he he walked out there and again, this this show has all the feels of a Western, a spaghetti Western. And um, and they're pulling from those tropes. And they have been from the beginning. Star Wars is kind of that way, whether it's a summarized story or a Western story or all of it mashed together, uh, they're going along with that kind of genre and feel. And, and that's what they do. They literally have a standoff um, and, and a shootout there in the streets of, of this little little town. And, and so you really felt the gravity and this, that what's at stake by bringing him in, and knowing that Boba and Cabane have a history as well from from the Clone Wars and from other parts, you're like, oh man, they're really really ramping it up. So right. so I thought that was well done too. And and again, you know, the fan reaction to this have been all over the place. And um, I, I think there again within fandom, toxic fandom, you have these kind of fixers these people who will go on YouTube, you have your reaction videos, you have your hot takes, you have, um, the explainer videos on, on YouTube. And now you have this phenomena of people going, Oh, their, their uniform or costume or face was a little off. I'm going to go back in on my computer skills and I'm going to fix it and show you how it's really done. And, and to be honest, that's how they, um, made Luke Skywalker's face a little better. There was a guy on YouTube that said, Oh, let me, um, let me show you how you can do a deep fake and did a better version of what they did in the Mandalorian season 2 and Disney hired that guy and said come on board we're going to hire you and so here Luke shows up in this episode <laughs> and looking better because they hired the guy that can make him look better so now everybody so wants better. to do that let yeah. Um, so as soon as they showed Cad Bane, you go on YouTube and they're like, Oh, let me show you how, how, um, how it's done and made him look bluer and his face a little longer and put a toothpick in his mouth and say, this is how it's done. Um, I, I think there's a balance, you know, with our fandom, there can be things. And I, and I go with, um, I have to keep myself in check with that too about, uh, freaking out too much about this or being disappointed about that. But, but yeah, I would hate it if every time I posted something online or every time I did a sermon, someone said, Oh, here, fixed it for you. I put in a phrase, I corrected your grammar, or you should have said this at the end of your sermon and, and they are fixed it for you. I think this whole era of, I'm going to fix it because you got it wrong. Um, because I want to show that I'm better than you in this, uh, it, We need to pump the brakes on that, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate because it's with the pandemic locking so many people inside for so long in the Mm -hmm. information age where like you can learn to do pretty much anything you want with enough time uh, really did not help with that space. Uh, Yeah, because you can you can learn to do pretty much anything you want. But uh, it's got to keep in mind that uh, they aren't just doing this to a still image. And they aren't mm-hmm. just doing it for as long as it takes. They have a deadline.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, again, like what a blessing that is that people can learn new things and collaborate and create this kind of artistic poetic license to to have fun with what they're geeking out on. But again, it's that stewardship of, of trying to um, outdo or shame somebody or, or crap on what somebody's doing on their craft there, you know, um, I just think there's a toxicity with that or passive aggressive or just aggressive nature of that, that, that hopefully us of people of faith and those who kind of respect others can, can help create a healthier environment when it comes to those kinds of things. Um, as, as I, as I share that, I know that can be hypocritical because I'm, also thinking my kind of hot takes at the end of this whole series, some of my feelings about it. But, but all in all, um, yeah, seeing this new character come out was was pretty fun, um, and and ended with a good cliffhanger of of what's going to happen next. Now the end of this episode, um, again, we're going to go back to my fandom. Um, you, you had Luke Skywalker giving Grogu a choice. Grogu, Grogu's choice. Um, he can choose this. Kind of armored shirt, chainmail gift from from Mando or Yoda's Yoda's lightsaber. Are you going to choose your attachments, your friends, or are you going to choose the Jedi way? And um, we don't get to see the whole story. Uh, we'll, we'll see what the result of of Grogu, Grogu's choice at an episode or chapter seven. Um, but I did. It did left me feeling a little confused, head scratching. Don't know if I liked it. I was like, Luke, come on, dude. Don't be a hypocrite. You chose your friends. You didn't finish your um, training on Dagobah, which, you know, you know. In a few episodes, we're going to have a Star Wars "What If?" What if Luke stayed on Dagobah? We're going to talk about that in a future episode. So stay tuned for for that. But but he left, and um, yeah, it was hard. He may have met. Heard some news about Darth Vader and his father he shouldn't have at the right point. Maybe Obi-Wan and Yoda had a choice, but he still chose his friends and saved them, and they were bonded together. And eventually it w- the, the force was brought to balance. So so him putting this to, to Grogu felt a little off-brand, off-character to me as someone being rigid in the Jedi religion from the prequels, which we learned um, isn't necessarily the most healthy way to handle Jediism.
0: <laughs> right. Which is, you know. It's not the entire reason that the Jedi Order fell, but definitely didn't help, right?
1: Right. So uh, – so I, and again, I thought at the end of that, we would probably see – I don't know. I didn't know that if – I didn't think they would – bring Grogu back as fast or bring Luke Skywalker in the save the day on Tatooine. Then that maybe they'd hang that cliffhanger out there until the next season of Mandalorian. But then we have the, the finale, um, chapter seven in the name of honor. And uh, this episode is an hour long. It's the longest of all the star Wars episodic TV stuff. They're like, all right, we're going to do a finale and it's going to be half a movie long, uh, one hour, no commercials all the way through. So that was pretty fun. And boy, what a ride it was. Um, they, they threw everything in there.
0: So do you think it was racist of Luke to offer Grogu Yoda's lightsaber? <laughs> well, they're the Races? same species. He probably, you know, specious. specious? Like, he yeah. probably wants well, this.
1: Yeah, you you want this this attachment? That yeah, I left questions out there. Like, you know, where did you get? Did he that? know Yoda? Yeah, did he? Did you know Yoda? I mean, we saw that flashback of him uh, at Order sixty six, um, almost being taken out, and some Jedi's defending him. So he has some trauma there. We know he has trauma. Ahsoka alludes to it, um, but but then. Yeah, there's there's some controversy or or some mixed messages about what actually happened to Yoda's lightsaber, whether he lost it or it was destroyed in the comics, and how did Luke get it? You know, that's a story for another time. Um, but but yeah, here you go. Here is he's saying he's saying like, are you going to choose your attachments or the Jedi way? Meanwhile, I have my dead master's um, lightsaber right. that I've been holding on to for a long time, and uh, <laughs> so. What does that mean? Again, some, some hypocrisy there, but um. yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he has both. I hope there's a third way. I hope they explain more of that or what's going on because in a way, and, and yeah, not to bury the lead in this last episode, um, Grogu shows up, he comes up, he has uh you have kind of Uber R2 who shows up with uh, with Grogu, drove him back to Tatooine because Luke doesn't want to go back there. He doesn't go back to Tatooine. I'm I'm done. Um, so he delivers baby Groga, Grogu to um, uh, to Mando, and he's able to help uh, with what he has been trained with. But we don't know if he has the lightsaber or not, right? Um, Which or, or what it really means. Maybe he there was another test about friends are more important. I don't know. There's some speculation there.
0: Yeah, I as much as I don't want to see Baby Yoda get shot. uh, I I do want to know how well Beskar chainmail works. Uh You know, like I don't want to see him get hurt, but I want to see the chainmail work. If you get what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, you can see that he's wearing it. He's wearing it and, and even guards against lightsabers. That's that's one of the things they alluded to. So if the lightsaber tries to strike him down uh, from the neck down, then um, perhaps we'll see that see that work or not. Uh, I'm, I'm betting it's going to work. and not going to let anything. Uh, Lucasfilm and Disney Plus know where their money is, and that's why I think they brought Grogu back so fast. Um, I Some of it feels a little lost that, that you know all that build up for him to go train with Luke, only to bring him back so fast, kind of. I, I does I do think at least for me it waters down a little bit the ending of Mandalorian season two because I'm like, man, if he if he go that was such a meaningful moment. We're going to have him be trained by a Jedi, and all of a sudden he's back, and he he's not going to be trained as a Jedi. What did we just do with bringing Luke into the picture in the first place? Um, we did get some good moments of him and Ahsoka together and talking about family and and, and that kind of thing. And, and there was that great, great line that I think is is intentional when Ahsoka tells Luke, "Well, sometimes the student guides the master." And and I'm hoping that this choice from Gogu Grogu um, helps remind Luke of what he did or a different path to go down rather than these kind of rigid jedi ways from the prequels or whatever text or book he read about it um i I do think that's meaningful that that sometimes the student guidance the the master and that's going to be that's going to come into play a little bit later on
0: right Uh, you know grogu basically learned how to catch frogs with the force and was like you know that's all i really needed to know anyway um (laughs) so i'm done here that's he's that's it
1: and tame a rancor. So so in this final episode, yeah, we won't go into all the details, but man, there's a lot of lasers and there's a lot of uh people being boxed into corners and almost dying and you think they might die, but then they don't, and then they come back and you have Mando and Boba going back to back uh fighting off like just a ton of pikes. It's is pretty exciting episode. There were times when I felt like again I was watching an 80s Buck Rogers TV show where there are a lot of lasers flying, a lot of misses, you know, they got this big kind of droid that's shooting at them and, and hitting the sand behind them. And I'm like, wait a minute, he can't figure out, or this droid can't, (laughs) you know, but, but if they mowed them all down, you wouldn't have a story. So I get it. Um, But uh, all in all, um, they get... Box in the corner. You think they're going to lose. And like any good TV show, here comes Boba back, literally riding Rancor that we thought was going to happen. And it actually happened. And uh, he's riding this thing, uh, taking things out. Um, and, and that was pretty fun, pretty epic. Uh, and then the Rancor gets loose and... You think, man, they start shooting the rancor. I'm like, what are you guys doing? He just saved you. Why are you shooting at this thing? Well, here comes Grogu doing his Jedi mind trick or animal calming thing and uh, calms the rancor, and then literally lays down and spoons and snuggles with the rancor, and one of the most cutest, cutest moments in in the history of, of Star Wars. Uh, so, if you're going to watch any TV show or or the Star Wars, if you only if you only see that scene. Um, I think it's worth
0: it, right? And you get to see Mando use the dark saber on a, a scorpion droid. I think is what they were called. Yeah, which was yeah. awesome.
1: He busts out, and and again, it shows you that he really doesn't know what he's doing with that. So maybe he needs some training. Whether it's Grogu mm-hmm. training him, student guy in the master, or he goes and finds Luke to learn about that. Um, I don't think we. This is the last we've seen on Luke or Ahsoka. Are alluding to the fact, but but how that plays into the next season of Mandalorian, I I don't know. Um, I will say I I did like this final episode. I thought they 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 tied up nice and neat. Um, It it shows that Boba's not. This isn't the end of the Boba Fett storyline. There may be another season of of the Book of Boba Fett, or they just bring him in to Mandalorian. Um, I will say that I kind of learned throughout this series that Robert Rodriguez isn't necessarily my favorite Star Wars director. Um, they're, kind of his style and, and what he did uh, seemed kind of off to me. I definitely like Filoni and Bryce Dallas Howard's episodes better. I don't think it was just the characters in there, but, but the tone and the speed and the pace. So Robert Rodriguez did this last episode, too, and there are definitely parts when I was like, man, I don't. I don't know if this feels 100% Star Wars for me, but I'm along for the ride and having a good time.
0: Right. And, you know, that final episode really gets back at the people who watching the series were saying to themselves, like, man, where is the Boba Fett that we thought could kill anybody? What what happened to the awesome yeah. bounty hunter Boba Fett? It's like, oh, he's right here. Yeah. He's been here the whole time. Yeah. yeah. He just hasn't had a reason to do it. Yeah, that's good.
1: Yeah. So all in all, like I, I really did like this scene. There were time, you know, I, I will, um, I, I definitely like, uh, some of the movies and, uh, the Mandalorian better, um, than, than this episode. There were some parts that were really great for me, some really great star Wars moments. or some parts that, that were kind of misses for me that I kind of had my head scratching all in all. I loved it as a full story. Um, uh, but, but there are some things I was kind of questioning wondering, why Why they're going down this road, telling the story this way. I felt a little disjointed. Uh, the storytelling wasn't as smooth. Um, but all in all, it was Star Wars. And I think within fandom, you have the hypercritical, they can do, nothing right fans. And then you have the fans that are like, they could do no wrong. I'm not going to think through this critically. And there is a balance to this, a balance to this force where you can look at it and say, yeah, I love this. It's a Star Wars, but also think critically and and say, man, I wish they would have done it this way. And I think that's analogous to how we, we live our lives. There's a balance to that, whether it's within the church or within our country or within our family tree. Uh, you could be overly critical where they can't do anything right. You could be in the camp where they can do no wrong. and I'm not going to think critically at all about it because, uh, that's heresy or, or, or I can never see myself doing that. But then there's also a balance of a, of a healthy way of, of looking at these things and, and thinking critically about it and, and being able to hold, um, within a balance, both liking and loving something a lot, but caring for it so much that you you're able to think through it, uh, critically or, or analyze it or, or think through how it could be better, uh, down the road.
0: Right. Uh I wanted to give a real quick honorable shout out to uh General Clevis, the the kitchen robot. Uh yeah. That was awesome. That was so fun. It's a good time.
1: Yeah, that kitchen scene and all the different robots, you know, and the storage you were there's pretty good. And you notice that that ro- didn't that robot come back at the end? Like they're all kind of standing there together. I think I, I could be wrong, but maybe that uh Jabba's palace and I thought I saw a little shot of that. But uh I don't think we're done with that um, with with some of those robots that were in the kitchen.
0: Well, if, if General Clevus comes back, I'm all for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, as we transition to think about the theological and philosophical about this show, again, Star Wars is is is. is the series where you have the hero's journey. You know, what is Star Wars if it's not a transformation that happens within a character of becoming a a new self and 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 seeing the the universe uh, larger than themselves? And and I think that happened with Boba, whether it's his time with the um, uh, the the Sand People, the Tuscan Raiders, and and finding family, finding a new home. Phoenix Shan, others seeing them as a part of this transforming. Within the final episode, you have kind of the the rural people fighting alongside the city people, and there was some distrust there. But there, at the end, they became kind of allies and a common common mission, and and joined together. So, not that everything's going to be peaceful from here on out, but at least you began. It's hard to to hate um, up close. And so when you're, when you're up close with someone and, and you're learning who they are and their story and you're built into relationships, then that's where transformation happens. And, and, uh, people get to know and, and make the world a better place. So, um, I did like the, the themes of sand and water. Again, you, you flashbacks of him on his water planet, the water being scarce on Tatooine, um, and then the back to tank of healing i thought their play with water is is pretty and pretty important there to think about that and if you think about our own universe our own world where did life begin but science will say in water uh in genesis it it says um you know that god's spirit hovered over that water and and brought creation into being and then and then in And uh, the Gospel of John, Uh, Jesus says in that third chapter in his conversation with Nicodemus, he was like, "Um, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. That I think it's neat that Jesus, you know, science will say that the physical life um, can't can't happen unless there's water and we're looking for. Aliens and other planets—we're we're looking for water—and and here Jesus uses that analogy of that spiritual awakening also being with water, uh, kind of a baptismal sacramental element of of transformation. There, so that that was kind of neat to see in this in this series, and them teasing that out a little bit. Um, Another friend of mine on another podcast talked about Boba as kind of a Jonah figure, you know, being called to something greater than himself and being trapped in the belly of a well or the belly of a Sarlacc coming out being a different person. Now, Jonah took a different path. He never he went kicking and screaming and still at the end. And in that book, he's still whining uh, about the, the generosity and grace of God and. Um, at the end of the book of Boba Fett, he wasn't necessarily whining, uh, but but there was definitely a transformation that took place in him through all this that will lead to even more stories, hopefully, with him and and uh, the characters he's involved with. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, any other things out there that you truly, truly loved that that uh, you were like, yeah, I'm glad they did that. <laughs>
0: Uh, having, uh, Cad Bane, you know, the emissary of the pikes being killed by the Tuscan stick, whatever they call it. Uh, yeah, I thought yeah. that was uh, a really good piece of not, not necessarily symbolism, but very fitting. Also, if Cad Bane had to die, at least Boba Fett killed him.
1: Yeah. And I forgot about that gaffy stick or whatever it was like, hey, um, yeah, like I had forgotten all about that. And when he brought it up, like, of course, he's going to use that. You know, yeah, he's not the quickest draw anymore. And he's an older man. He does. He's not as quick uh, to, to the draw, but but using that weapon as a way to get revenge and um, and and set things right was was some brilliant storytelling and callback i didn't see that come why well, i didn't see that coming i don't know it was pretty neat uh but i'm glad they they did that right it was that was pretty good
0: and you know uh den jarren is only like three years younger than boba fett uh, yeah but, you know being in a sarlacc is
1: very bad for you so we hear so we hear it's not a place you want to be for sure yeah, I think, all in all, like you know, in this series, we got to see how he got out of the Starlight pit and what's the yeah. next story of his life. You got that we, we introduced some new characters, some old characters, beloved characters. Um, you know, was all the storytelling perfect for me, not necessarily, but but seeing these these characters together in the big uh, big expanding universe was was a lot of fun. so, yeah, yeah, we we talked we're we've been talking fifty minutes, and we could probably talk even more about it, but but, yeah, check it out um let us know what you think about this this series as a star wars fan or just a casual fan what did you like about it what did you not like about it hit us up on the website or the social media we have a great um facebook group called priest to the geeks uh, that keeps growing and and we're we're sharing memes and and sharing things we're excited about so so hit us up on that we have a twitter uh, account systematic ecology Uh, we're on instagram uh, no shores of places where you can find us where we're continue to grow this community. We invite you to be a part of Patreon. There's some fun stuff coming out with that D and D game and some other episodes, um, special episodes. So you can support us there um, as well. All right. TJ, you have any recommendations, anything you've been geeking out on that you want know, to share with the the folks out there uh, to make sure they check out.
0: Uh. Yeah, I recommend that if you are listening on Patreon, go ahead and join the Ally tier and join our bi weekly D&D campaign. We yeah. need more players, or the current players are going to die soon. Also, <laughs> uh, Dying Light 2 is a fantastic game, and all of the critics telling you it's not are
1: lying. Ah, cool. I can't put it yeah, down. Yeah, TJ and Joshua are quite the gamers. And so, and there's other people like, yeah, I'm. That's not in my geek wheelhouse, but anything you know about games, whether it's role playing or or video games, uh, they're the ones to to hit up for recommendations and and thoughts and opinions on that.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we should be doing a Dark Souls episode sometime soon, uh, both to celebrate Elden Ring coming out, which is on the twenty fifth, and the Dark Souls tabletop role playing game, which should be coming out next month, sometime soon. Nice. But, cool. Yeah. Check us out.
1: Yeah. And I'll recommend I'm I'm reading a, a new book uh right now called Robot Theology by Joshua K. Smith. Uh and really is a book about um about robotics and robots and AI and and algorithms and and kind of the philosophical and theological stewardship of how we use technology and AI and and robots and is is very thought provoking and like with any kind of tool or tech that human beings create, hopefully there's some uh, philosophical, theological, and, and ethical thinking through what that means for us uh, as a human race and what impact it has on our communities and relationships. And I'm hoping that uh, I can talk with, with Joshua Smith about this book on a future episode of Systematic Ecology, so stay tuned for that. Uh, he's on Twitter and other places. If you want to find that book, the book's on Amazon. If you want to check it out, we're going to be talking to him not too long from to now. Not too long from now about this book, and and I think it has some really cool geeky stuff along with thinking through stuff for our our faith and what it means for our world. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, may the force be with you. And remember, we are a chosen people, a geekdom of priests.